0: And welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick, both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Hey guys, thank you so much for being with me again today. I have one of my favorite guests yet for the show. Her name is Maria Svetkowska, and she's the business development manager at the Suburban Collection. Welcome, Maria. Hi, Lori. How are you? I am doing so good, and I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. You shared a personal story with me that as soon as you shared it, I said, okay, forget it. You're coming on immediately. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) So usually I start the podcast asking sort of what led the person to where they are today, but I want to just jump straight into your personal story because I think it's so fascinating. Can you share a little bit with us what you've been through in order to get to the United States?
1: Well, so I'm from Serbia and I moved to United States in 2005. But before moving here and before actually making that decision to move, in 99, Serbia was unfortunately involved in one of many wars that went all the way through 90s and escalated in 99 when Serbia got bombed by NATO. And it was about 90 days of, you know, just horrific war that you know it was it was it, it was attacks from air and obviously um guerrilla fighting on the ground so i was 16
0: wow. and i
1: have just just started high school actually second year of high school and all of that was just stopped overnight and as much as i understood of what was happening it was just really hard to go from you know, being your regular 16 year old caring about, you know, boys and yeah, looking at, you know, like, I don't know who has the newest best single and what are the best shoes that you can buy right. to, you know, having to worry if like if you're going to ever see your parents again, because we were cut off from our parents for about three months because of the way everything was. My mom is a pharmacist, so she had to be at work 24-7. Wow. And my dad was enlisted. So we were cut off living with our grandparents. So just being able to wake up the next morning was a success. And every time night came, the danger came and, and, you know, you're 16 and, and you're like, why is this happening to me? And why do I have to go through this? And at that point, it just looked endless because nobody knew how long will this last. And, and then, then, you thought, well, it ended. You know, they signed the treaty, and you're like, yeah, oh God, thank you. You know, right. Yeah. But that's when the worst part of it actually started because with the treaty being signed, the way everything worked out for the area where we were at, being Serbian was, you know, not, I guess, not a good thing. So about two hundred thousand people ended up as refugees from one area yeah. in south of serbia which is kosovo moving north or wherever we could find you know new homes so then it was months and months and months of just trying to find a place to live or find a place where you know like you're going to stay and and, and we, were, we were nomads just moving from family yeah. members and, and refugee camps and just like scary stuff we don't yeah. know if you're going to be able to start school again. And it was just a disease and and that and just despair. But I, I kept positive attitude. I, I refuse to believe that that's it, that that's, that's because this happened, something that I could not control, that nobody can control, that this is it. So my yeah. mindset was as long as I wake up in the morning, I have another day to figure it out and I will. And that's how I went by with my life. I just helped my parents as much as I could. I went to school and worked and, you know, my brother and my family and just like, like moved on. What's so poignant about
0: that is exactly what you said. I mean, one day here you are a 16 year old, like you said, you know, worrying about fashion and who's the cutest, you know, superstar. And then, then, you know, fast forward, just. Was it just a few months or a few years later, you're living in a refugee camp with your entire family and going to school and working and trying to make ends meet?
1: Correct. I mean, like it was it it literally like happened overnight. I just I mean, like everybody was talking about this sort of a thing is going to happen. And Mm -hmm. especially because there were like constant attacks and like small little like like bombings or like just like shootings and everything that was it was leading in that direction but when you're 16 you're not thinking about this as something that it'll actually happen
0: of course so
1: all the way up to the night of where the first sirens went off for warning that we needed to take you know we needed to hide in the basement from you know like bombs yeah the sirens were going on i just remember this like my dad was eating dinner and he refused to get up and go to the basement because <laughs> he's like, I'm not dying hungry. <laughs> if I'm gonna <laughs> die, I will I will die full and and and, and you know, it's just we spent a few nights in the basement and as these bombs fell, yeah, it just became real. The the smell of just it, it was just, you know. I Don't know, unsettling. So, even now, here in the United States, and I know people talk about you know, like how pets are scared of Fourth of July and, and fireworks yeah. and yeah, and all of this. And I know because I, I, I and I survived the war as, as as a civilian, I know that there's so many veterans and so many people that are involved in so many different uh, war areas. I know that they're going through something similar that I go to, yes. So, when 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 Fourth of July fireworks happen, I I, I have to at some points just go to the basement to calm mm. down because it's it's the sound, it's the smell, and yeah. it's not celebratory for me. It's yeah. it just brings yeah. all those memories, and um, you think that you know you're young and you survived and you're thankful and you just move forward, but then like small things like that remind you. But it also reminds me that you know end of the day I'm safe I'm here and I know it's just one day and it goes by and I'm like it's beautiful to look at as long as I don't hear it because when I hear it all of this comes back but
0: well, I think you're just so brave. I mean, and your story is so moving. So let's talk about, you know, in 2005, you moved to the United States and you told me you had $60 in your wallet. What happens after you move to the United States? Where where does your journey continue from there?
1: So, you know, I graduated college in, in, in Serbia and I kind of was, you know, trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life
0: mm-hmm. and
1: my you know, Serbia is just, you know, torn apart with like worse and, and wrong politics and all of this. You know, you either had to know somebody or you had to pay a lot of money for a good position. Okay. And I did not want to deal with that. So I said to myself, you know, I'm just going to go to either Western Europe or United States and I'm going to give myself, you know, 12 months or 24 months. And if I can't make it, then I'll just come back and, and figure it out here. Okay. And I had some family in Detroit and they, they helped me, you know, with the visa because you need a visa to come from Serbia to United States. And I just, you know, like I, I said, goodbyes to my parents. So they're like, oh, you'll be back. You know, there is no way. And, and we all we have to give you is my mom actually had $20 and then our friend, you know, she, uh-huh. she, 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 she had another 40 and she said, that's not going to last long, but at least maybe, maybe you can buy some candy or something. (laughs) And, you know, I came here and I have some family here in Detroit or Metro Detroit area. And I got to say that, you know, like, yes, I did help, had some help from, you know, my uncles and, you know, as, as as far as like where, where I lived for first few months before going on my own and everything. So I can't say that I just came and then I was thrown to the wolves. I I was fortunate enough to, you know, have family where I lived. And once I had my status legal where I could work, mm-hmm. um, then obviously I got my own apartment and a car and everything else. But the minute I, I moved here, I just knew that that I was not gonna go back.
0: And- well I just think your story is just so incredible on so many levels. And one of the things that as you and I have talked that I think is just so beautiful about it is your, I think that theme is just your gratitude. And you talk about having a journaling practice and a gratitude practice that has carried you through all the way from Serbia into your current, we should, we should note that your current position, you are now working with uh, the Suburban Auto Collection, which is a huge brand name in automotive. And so you definitely have come a long way since that first $60. (laughs) (laughs) That
1: is is true. Yes. And And, and, and you can't, I learned that gratitude long before law of attraction was a thing and and, and everybody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 your vision boards and your you know your journaling and everything else. I learned that, you know, from my grandma back back when when I was very little, she she would wake up every day and the first thing that came out of her mouth was thank you. And I would always be like, who are you saying thank you to? Right. <laughs> and she says, whatever you believe in, you know, she was not like somebody to say a God or a Jesus or anything. She's like, there is something out there and that's so much bigger than you that's, you know, like you're here because of it. And yeah. you need to be thankful for it. And 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 just, you know, having your health and having having that one more day is just, you know, so important. So I learned from her because, you know, she never learned, she never went to school. And she learned how to write so she can write letters to her son that's here in the United States, that's uncle that I came to. And she wrote, like, thank you to, like, anybody and everybody on everything she ever had. So I learned that from her, and and I kept that habit. And then now, like, we're in 2020, and everybody's talking about it. You know, everybody's (laughs) talking about journaling, and everybody's talking about you know, like vision boards and, and law of attraction. And I'm like, yeah. this is something that I, I just, it's my second nature. And and you're like, my grandma works. was talking
0: about this decades ago, you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it, it works because, you know, like it's just the life is so precious. And, and, and this is what I always try to get to. I'm very fortunate now that, like you said, I work for one of the biggest other groups in the nation. Yep. I sit at the tables and my voice is heard by people that I never even imagined that I was going to meet, nonetheless have you know conversations with. Yes. I'm able to have a team of my own. I'm able to make hiring decisions. And I'm able to bring this young girls into the industry and into this job and into what I'm doing and I'm able to talk to them, and 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 many of them are 20 or 21, yeah. and I just feel like this is my, you know, calling. This is this is the right thing to do. I'm able to change this girls' lives, and I keep telling them, you have no idea <laughs> how lucky you are. Yes, just with the Correct. fact that you're born in United States of America, you have no idea i'm sure that
0: gives them such perspective when they come in and you tell them that once they know your personal story because it really is like listen if you're complaining about you know who knows like the time you have to come into work do you have any idea what i've done and where i've been in order to get here
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i try not to say that like in a way where like i made them think that i'm I'm better than them or like i made it where like like well, it was hard for me and I fought really hard and I'm doing really well right now. I want to tell them that in a way that doesn't really matter as long as you want it mm-hmm. and you go right way about it, you can have it. I and love everything that. is possible. Everything is possible. There's nothing in this role that's not possible. And I, I like to, to say like, hey, if I can do it, Trust me, you can do it. You speak English. And they're like, Maria is speaking. (laughs) Let's talk a little
0: bit about automotive because you and I are both in the automotive field. You know, I'm on the more of the PR tech side and you're more in the day-to-day dealership operations. One of the things we've talked a lot about kind of behind the scenes is just how few females, as you talk about bringing these young women up through a career process, just how few there are in leadership roles, especially when it comes to general managers and in finance. What do you think we can do to kind of change that dynamic?
1: I just think that, and, and this is something that I have been working on possibly like last two years or like, like last, maybe like three years as I'm bringing this employees or, or girls into the role, I like to talk to them in an interview process and say, but why are you applying for this job? Is this something that is something that's getting you out of the, that serving job or McDonald's job? Or is this something that you're looking or seeing yourself in being in long-term and and working on becoming more? And what is that more? And usually they're kind of stunned because they're like, don't you want me to stay in your department forever? I was like, absolutely not. Right. No, (laughs) I don't. And they're like, what? Well, look, BDC or our business development centers especially if you're joining in as a representative or, or should be always looked at as a, you know, primary starting yes. beginning, you know, something that's going to develop. So I try to learn about them at the very, very beginning of what their goals are and I want to help them get there. So I think that as we are hiring, we need to be really aware of this people coming into the industry and, and realizing what their goals are, because if their goals are, hey, I just want to do this because it's going to make me enough income where I can, you know, be happy, that's Mm -hmm. fine. But if somebody comes in and say, hey, I want your job. Awesome. Let me show you how you're going to get there. Yes. And if somebody says, well, I want to be a general manager, well, this is the career path. We need to look at these people joining the automotive industry or any industry. Mm -hmm. And putting them into a career path not just like hiring for this role right now because we always ask candidates dress like for the role you want or act for like the role you want but we never actually sit down with said with them and say what is the role that you want right (laughs) right half the time they're saying what role do
0: I want (laughs) yeah
1: like how how (laughs) do we help you get there it's it's our responsibility because you know like We are all like, we all have this manager title, and it's just like we are there for a reason. That's because somebody somewhere recognized the ability in us to lead or help other people lead. Yes. So, why are we not then taking that and making it our job to lead these people into becoming leaders themselves?
0: You know what? That's so interesting you say that because I just read an article the other day in the New York Times or Wall Street Journal, one of them, that was saying that as technology kind of eases the kind of day-to-day operations role, and this is across industries, not just automotive managers jobs are going to be more about exactly what you're talking about, creating the growth paths, establishing emotional intelligence, helping your team members get to where they really want to go. It's going to go back to the kind of personalized principles of management, not so much the day-to-day operations.
1: I mean, we have, like you said, we going. have platform for everything, especially in automotive. There's something that measures everything Yes, that we don't have I mean, like when I joined this industry, gosh, six, eight years ago, I mean, I have to write down like all the people that I set appointments with. I had to, you know, like put a line every time I made a phone call. There's like, everything is automated right now. Right. And that saves us so much time where, you know, like now we have time to, you know, work on, on, on other roles and skills. And, and I gotta tell you, there's like just that. So much talent and then and, and not just, not just like young females, but it's just, it's just sad that so many, you know, young girls are looking at the dealerships or looking at like the automotive and they're like, that's not for me because right. there's so many hours and it's all, you know, like they, they're just like closing that door before they even walk through it. And, and I, I think that we have LinkedIn as a platform where we can, you know, get out of our heads and out of our, you know, like be less selfish yeah. and share this message and say, I'm going to help, you know, 10 girls that are working at Suburban that are part of my team, but I also want to help hundreds of others that are doing other dealerships out there. Right. Because I know that I didn't have anybody to help me when I was first starting, but now I have, you know, I know that I have Few humongous leaders in the industry that I can text or call, including your you, oh. and I, I. want other women joining this industry today and five years from now to look at me that way and say, "Yes, I'm just going to call well, me I, you I'm I
0: mean, I think what you bring to the table is just such credibility. Your your life story and where you've been. All of these things kind of come together, the gratitude, the law of attraction, how hard you've worked, how much you believe in growth paths. I mean, I think all of that is just such a beautiful kind of combination of where you've been and where you're going. And so in addition to gratitude, like what, do you have some daily or weekly habits that keep you moving forward personally?
1: Uh, my husband probably, up uh, I hate this one, but lists. I love lists. I make everything a list. I'm a big list builder too. It's just, it helps me know, you know, for some people writing 20 or or, or 40 or 50 things that you have to do in in a week or a day or spending an additional hour a day just writing that list, it's an anxiety in itself. But for me, it actually helps my anxiety go down, especially because sometimes I'll just write a couple of things that I already did so I can cross them out. Oh my gosh, I do that too. Isn't that funny? (laughs) I do the yes. same thing
0: you feel so accomplished when you yes, yeah, so I was like,, I well, <laughs>
1: this not, yeah, I'm gonna do this, but it also reminds me that if I'm looking at all these things and 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 I, I try not to be harsh at myself. I just like write everything down and try to get as many of those tasks completed. Mm-hmm. The ones that I don't or they're less important. I can push more, you know like two, three weeks or four weeks or like next month. Yeah, I do that as well but it just helps me um, hold myself accountable to me yeah. because it's very important. Um, I know that I have people that report to me, but I report to the general manager and I report to the executive director and then there is a corporate level. And then, you know, there's like this whole community that I feel like I'm reporting to. So like, if I cannot hold myself accountable to myself, then I'm not going to be able to expect that I can hold my you know, my girls accountable to anything or that my bosses can hold me accountable to anything because I don't hold myself accountable to it. So I make myself basically like I'm my own, Bob. you know, micromanager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's mean,
0: I such a great way to look yeah, at
1: it. I, I, I manage my time and I manage my tasks for me by myself because then I'm like, okay, you did this and this, this and this. And that's good. And you can do this that next week. And, and yes, I do talk to myself sometimes, but. <laughs> right. Well, and we should say that. I mean, from
0: your $60 in your wallet, you are now, you know, much, much higher than that. We could say hundreds of times higher than that. And so I just think for the women that you're helping lead into the dealership, it just must be so wonderful to see you as an example of someone who can come here, work really hard, but make advancements so quickly and so much so in your own life.
1: And, you know, it's, I, I like to share my, you know, not just my story, but like, like you said, like right now I'm making enough money where, you know, like if I was not a shopaholic, I can probably, <laughs> I can probably like, like work for another couple of years and have it, enough. know, like in, in Serbian standards, my yearly, salary will probably cover me for next 10 years. Right. But, Right, you know, like I'm, you know, y- y- you work more, you want more, and and all that kind of stuff. But I like to share what I have yeah. with uh, my coworkers, and I like to make it personal. I don't, you know, obviously do birthdays and all that other stuff, but then. You know, I know that if they were looking for something or, or lots of times, like lots of the girls would say, oh, my God, Maria, that shirt is so nice. And next thing you know, I, I go, I clean it and bring it back. And it's like, here you go. You can oh, have it. And they're like, so are you fun. serious? I was like, yeah. I mean, like, come on. It's just the shirt. right? But for them, the way they look at it, it's not just the shirt. It's something that somebody gave them and then now they know they are creating a legacy they're going next step they will do that for somebody else and it's 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 just like that chain it's just like a you know like a circle of guidance.
0: maria you've shared so many wonderful things with us like i said just your your story alone is so inspiring but if you have one last piece of advice for women entrepreneurs everywhere what would it be
1: don't give up yes you know the 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 sun is coming. The better stuff is coming. This right now is just, especially if you're, or, or worry about only the things that you can control and that's yourself. And that's it. That's all I want to say. Don't worry. I thank you. you and know? I think
0: you of any of the guests that I have had on can honestly, the words don't give up because, uh, you know, just go day by day. I think you are just such a legacy to that point. So thank you so much for being on with us today.